Welcome to the Healthy Jacks Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you find the best ways to stay healthy and keep moving in Jacksonville. My name is Dr. Peter Yu, and I am a performance physical therapist here in Jacksonville and the host of this podcast. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with the right health and fitness information that is not only practical, but evidence-based as well. I also have the pleasure of highlighting some of the top health and fitness professionals around here so that you can stay up to date on the latest information. My goal as a performance physical therapist is to help educate and empower athletes and active adults to take control of their own health so that they can get out of pain, optimize their performance, and build true longevity for life. You can find us on Instagram at The Healthy Jacks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. The Healthy Jacks Podcast is sponsored by MotionRx Health and Performance. At MotionRx, we specialize in helping athletes and active adults overcome injuries and get back to their sports and activities they love pain-free. Head to MotionRxHealth.com to find out how we can help you move better, feel better, and live an active, fulfilling life. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Jacks Podcast. Um, today I'm super excited. I got my guy, Mr. Coach Pat from Jack's Fit Academy um, on the podcast. Um, Pat's a guy that I connected with on, on the gram. Um, did I slide in your DMs or did you slide in mine? I think it might have been a mutual slide. Mutual slide. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, Pat's a guy that I respect a ton. Uh, he's very knowledgeable in the fitness community. Um, and if you, have, if you guys don't follow him on Instagram or Facebook, you definitely should. Um, he posts a lot of um, what I really enjoy, those like rambling rants where you kind of um, has a camera facing and then talks about a lot of stuff. So we're going to try and uh, get a little bit into that today. So Pat, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. Good to see you as always. Yeah, absolutely. So what's what's new with you so far? I know you just had a kid. Um, we did. We just had daughter number two. Um, luckily, that's pretty much the only new thing. Everything's pretty steady, pretty pretty part of the course of where I want it to be. But having a uh, a new three-month-old girl in the house definitely makes things feel fresh. For sure, man. I, I bet. And so how's that kind of like affected your um, fitness overall right now? Um, so I'm, I'm lucky in that we um, we have a garage that we didn't really use for anything. So as soon as we bought the house, I was like, okay, this is clearly becoming my gym. Yeah. Um, also lucky in that I have relationships with guys who sell equipment from other places that a pretty good um, – it's good for me, the price. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so the garage has actually up. become like a pretty nice, solid setup. So my fitness basically just has to happen hours early. Like I make sure I wake up at 435 to get it done before anybody else is up. Because as a dad, as a parent, it's like I can't really be wasting time on anything that doesn't directly benefit my family throughout the day, yeah. especially with a toddler and a newborn. You know, that's just not fair yeah, I mean, to them, it, not fair to my wife. It feels, you know, it's like obviously fitness is important, but mm-hmm. if it's taking up two hours of my day, it becomes self-indulgent when really... What's more beneficial is me helping them, me growing the business, things like that. Sure. I mean, you're crushing it as, you know, breaking all the stigmas of having a dad bod, you know? Yeah. That, <laughs> we want that to go away. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, let's go ahead. We'll get started with uh, these two questions um, that we ask every uh, every guest on the show just to kind of give our listeners a little bit more insight into, you know, who you are and stuff. So, um, Pat, you've been in Jacksonville for how long now? Uh, about five and a half, six years. Five and a half, six years. So in those five and a half, six years, you know, what's your favorite place to eat at Jack's, man? It changes, but it only changes between like three, 
three places. All right, let's hear it. Um, what, what are these three places, man? So new favorite place is the place right up the street, El Agave Azul, Mexican place. Okay. Um, is that on uh, San Jose? So it's right off Bay Meadows, Bay right Meadows. near the Winn-Dixie. If you make that right, it's in one of those weird shopping centers down there. Mm-hmm. Um, where Catherine and I lived in Philly was a predominantly Mexican neighborhood, so we were spoiled with authentic Mexican food. Yeah. And this place could is just as good as anywhere else I've eaten before. Um, if you go there, get the birria tacos. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's like a. We like dip a short, it. We dip it mm-hmm. in the. Yep, yeah, I've dude, seen, no, seen it all over social media, it's, man. It's all. It looks so good. I'm normally very skeptical when it comes to anything that goes viral, but this was one that reaffirmed my faith in social media. Hell yeah! Yeah, it's it's definitely worth trying. Um, I love Bearded Pig. Their new okay. location looks awesome, and then I'm I'm a sucker for V's Pizza. Yeah, I'm a. Their I'm, wings, man. Their wings yeah, are phenomenal. The the. This um, Neapolitan style just it speaks to me, and I think they do it really well. So those are like my three rotational places. Nice man, yeah, I, I love um, I love Beard Pig as well yeah. too. Um, beef rib. What's their yeah the beef <laughs> rib? Dude, it's like it's huge. Um, what's their like giant combo platter where you get like six different meats? It's called or like the like, San Marco platter. Yep, or something? San Marco platter. Yeah. yeah, I was like I usually alternate between that and yeah. you know feel really ballsy get the beef rib yep. um, too. But yeah, those are phenomenal places. Um, cool man, I didn't know uh, you lived or. You, you lived in predominantly a Mexican neighborhood in Philly. Yeah, Philly's funny. So if you've seen Rocky or Creed, um, yeah. have you seen Creed with uh, Michael Jordan? Yep. Michael, so you know there's the a, scene. There's like a Creed two, Creed three. Yeah, I've, I've honestly I've seen like about three quarters of the first one. But okay. you know his training montage when he's running through the neighborhood and it's all the street stalls with the vegetables and yeah. stuff. That was you. That's where we lived. Um, so that's called um, that's like the Italian market is what it's called. It was a historically. If Philly historically was like there was an Irish section, there was a Polish section, there was a Ukrainian section, there was an Italian section. Um, obviously, as that was like 40s, 50s, you know, long time ago. Um, but there's still like vestiges of those things in each part of the city where those immigrant groups settle. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Italian market's one of those, but the Italian market is now two parts. It's on Washington Avenue. If you go um, north side, it's still like the Italian market, still like that traditional like charcuterie and cheese shop. But if you yeah. go to the south side, it's entirely amazing Mexican food. And for whatever reason, it's just there, a Mexican community has developed right there. And a couple blocks down is actually a Laotian and Vietnamese community. So oh, if yeah. you walk this three-block stretch, and the funny part is it's actually where Pat's and Gino's are. Mm-hmm. It's all this amazing Southeast Asian and Mexican food, like authentic, really, really good food. Um, but like I said, in a it's kind of funny because it still looks like it's a historically like little Italy type yeah. place. Yeah, man, we need, that. we need to bring that here to... Here yeah, Jacksonville, man. I agree completely. A little Italy, yeah. a little, um, little, little Mexican, yeah, a little yeah. everything. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, Jackson needs to, Jackson needs a little bit more diversity. I will say that for sure. So that's something that actually shocked me when we moved here. It's much more diverse than I thought. Really? Yeah, okay. it's, it's much. But I guess just since Jacksonville is so big and spread out, it's not mm. as visually apparent. But yeah, I think I mean I think Jacksonville is an awesome place for. Have, they, have you ever um, heard of H Mart? Yes, that's the the big Asian uh, supermarket, right? Big giant like Costco yeah. supermarket. So um, that's when I know like Jacksonville is like diverse enough for me. So like <laughs> when I, when I, being being uh, being from from the north and stuff, um, yeah, they have like a ton of H marts everywhere. Just because yeah. again, it's high, you know, Asian Asian population up in like New Jersey, um, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and all that. But yeah, man, they're they're just really really clean, giant Asian grocery stores. And like when I first moved down here, I was looking for one. I was like, damn it, I think the closest one is down like I think like Orlando or somewhere somewhere like that. That sounds about um, right. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Man, bring more diversity to Jacksonville. Um, and then, yeah, let's talk about your second question, man. Um, so, you know, you just had a new new kid. Um, you know, you've been, been part of the gym business for a couple of years now. So what would you kind of term this uh, chapter of your life? You know, are we starting a new one, um, closing, closing one? What would you kind of title it? No, I kind of, I kind of have a, a weird view with these things. Um, 
you know, because change is changing growth is never like readily apparent. Like as you're changing and growing, you're not even really sure if you are. You kind of know that like your 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 actions and your habits have changed, but you don't you don't see you see the process. You don't see the outcome. So mm-hmm. whenever questions like this are really tough for me because yeah. I kind of just kinda, view myself kinda, as yeah, you gotta you know, ask yourself a little yeah, bit deeper. A, I kind of always just view myself as like consistent pat in space in whatever time and space I'm in right there. But right now, definitely, like we were talking about before we started, like it's definitely a growth phase in terms of you know growing the family obviously i have to grow as a man in order to be i have to raise two daughters now with my wife like that's terrifying for <laughs> for someone who was raised like i was like two girls really like is this a joke um but you know it, it's it's i'm being challenged in every way and not in like a bad like i feel like the world's crushing me or i feel like i'm shrinking i'm being challenged in ways that i haven't been challenged before mm-hmm. um in terms of you know growing the business in terms of providing protecting the family so it's it's definitely a growth phase, but I mean I guess a growth and influence phase because the whole the whole reason for challenge, the whole reason for difficulties is to grow into them, to yeah. you know actually not let it crush you, find yourself flourish. But finding a chapter title is tough. I was like, you know, I was reading a bunch of books last night. I was like, where's where's like a really like nice reference I could make, and I couldn't come up with anything. Um, but yeah, definitely like a, like a growth chapter. I would say growth and growing. The self and the influence chapter. I dig that. What uh, what books were you reading? Or are you reading recently? Um, so I, I honestly, I would rather talk about books than fitness like 99% of the time. Dude, hell yeah. Let's talk, yeah, let's <laughs> um, talk about books. So, right. I just got the new Ryan Holiday book, Courage is Calling. They're kind of like, you know, it's not anything like deep in there. It's just mm-hmm. the, he does a really good job of distilling historical stories to tell a very specific lesson from that. And I always appreciate that style of writing. Um, on the fun side, I'm reading a book. It's called 10 Men Dead about... Um, the 1981 hunger strike in uh, Belfast. Always kind of tend to read like one fiction, one nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And I've been really into this series by an Irish writer. Uh, my name's Patrick Timothy Hennigan. Doesn't really hide my ethnicity at all. Um, what uh, what ethnicity? I don't know. We're probably going on like five different. Yeah. So right now, I mean, basically is it Italian. Yeah. One hundred. It's okay. actually Bulgarian. Bulgarian. Okay. <laughs> um, but I've been reading this book series by this Irish author named uh, Keith, McCul- McDon- Keith McDonald. Yeah. Uh, it's like a detective series, but it's kind of funny, and I didn't expect to like it, but I'm on like the seventh book now, so I got hooked. Okay. So nothing too heavy lately. Cool. Yeah, yeah I need to get a little bit more into some of the fiction stuff. I don't know. Like the last last year, last few years, I've been just mostly doing like nonfiction stuff. But um, Skeptic's Guide to the Universe is what I'm reading right now. Is um, that uh, Michael Shermer? Yes. Okay. I'd, yeah, so it's just like, yeah. again, like, like being more questionable and mm-hmm. um, like not maybe believing everything that yeah. you're uh, be being told, right? A good skill for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Not, I mean, obviously it's apparent right now, but all the time. Yeah, but I mean, again, it's like I think it's like a good good thing to even like question yourself, right? Because oh, again, course. like our beliefs are constantly changing, mm-hmm. and it's like it's maybe good not to be so rooted in our own beliefs just because again, new new stuff yeah. is constantly coming out. And well, stuff, and you can't so. even really know what you believe unless you're challenged and can actually truly defend exactly. it. You know, if you, if it's just like you're like there's that um. You know, the Louis C.K. bit where he's on the plane and he sees he's sitting in first class and he sees a soldier walk past him. And he's like, oh, I should get up and give him my seat. And the guy walks past so he doesn't do anything. But he feels good about himself. Yeah, because like, he, he believes he would do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, but he didn't actually do anything. And, I, you know, like you said, you need to challenge ourselves, especially challenge ourselves. And that's that's how we grow, right? Yeah, going exactly. Back to, yeah, exactly. To the, it, you you know, go from what you were talking about. Yeah. And a lot of times we brought up Facebook. A lot of times my strategy is. If I post something that I don't full heartedly believe in, mm-hmm. I want to be challenged because mm-hmm. I want to have that conversation. You yeah. know, because that way it leads to, if it's a a good topic, people will actually learn something from the discussion, and yeah. both whoever is participating can learn something about. The, I mean, obviously some people are jerks, but you know, <laughs> I, it's yeah, I agree with that completely. 
Yeah, as long as it's not political, right? I mean, yeah. Then, then it becomes a then it becomes <laughs> giant shit show. Your computer yeah. out the door. Why did you waste your time? Uh huh. Oh man, yeah. Facebook is Facebook is like no man's land right now. It's um, it's yeah. insane, man. It's weird. It's it. Yeah, I've, I'm on the of like the unfollow mindset. So I don't my my feed is like like guys like you, people I know, people like, and then people I can learn from. And it's there's no family, there's no friends whatsoever because I don't care what you think. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't want to participate in any of this. This is just so much wasted energy that could be directed somewhere positive, and mm-hmm. it's not for sure. And I think that's a. I mean, probably another tangent going on here, but a lot of times, like people don't, don't understand, like social media, especially kind of how you um, cultivate your feed and mm-hmm. kind of influence like a lot of your thoughts. And it's like there's no reason to like, you know, have such a negative mindset throughout the whole day. It's just because you know you follow a bunch of people who post a bunch of like yeah. BS and stuff. So just clear out your feed people i know it's it, it's it's like it's right in your face every day obviously it's going to affect the way you think and that's going to affect you yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. and it's a very simple exercise too yeah yeah cool man well let's let's talk a little bit about your background um you know you you've been in the fitness community for uh quite some time now and mm-hmm. i know you're originally um born and raised in philly born and raised in philly yeah all right born and raised in philly and so yeah how, how'd you kind of make your way down here i see you got a prep prep soccer yeah, uh, yeah. shirt on um so that is uh i went to my high school st joe's prep and i now yeah. am the strength and conditioning coach for the school virtually dude how which is yeah, like man. the coolest job ever it's like it's it's so cool man um but so i was born and raised in philly my wife is born and raised here she grew up in mandarin right behind um st joe's yeah um, she went to University of the Arts in Philadelphia for um, as a dance major. She studied dance. My wife is a significantly more talented athlete than I am. Like it's not even like on the same page. She uh-huh. puts me to shame with everything physical. <laughs> um, but we met actually. She was the hot front desk girl at a gym that I was a trainer at. You know, we were friends for like a year and a half, and mm-hmm. then just started dating, and then that, and now we're here. Um, just decided before we got married, it was like, hey, you know, raising kids in the city not for us not saying it's a bad thing it just it doesn't seem like it's for were, us. were you raised in the city so i was raised yes and no inside and outside the city we moved mm-hmm. a decent amount um but just the, life in the city for, for kids wasn't we wouldn't be able to raise our kids the way we would want them to do yeah. we want them to be outside we want them to be climbing trees eating worms things falling like that. down on bikes yeah exactly falling yeah. down on bikes not have to be with a, a babysitter at like a in a playground that's you know 12 square feet um and also just the business, um, there wasn't anything down here in line with the way that I view what a fitness business should be. Yeah. The way, the product that I feel like trainers should bring to um, the clients to actually help improve each individual client and therefore the community. I noticed there wasn't much, at the time there was very few independently owned gyms and the mm-hmm. independently owned gyms who were, were open, who aren't open anymore, were all just basically knockoffs of those other franchise places so i saw an opportunity definitely for a more individualized experience here in jacksonville um and also i mean going from the northeast to north florida is kind of a no-brainer yeah (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm the same way i'm here man uh born and raised in jersey and eventually kind of found my way down here and so um talk to me about this um individualized fitness approach then um i know you mentioned kind of before hey like there's not much down here um in terms of like how you think you know fitness should be Mm -hmm. um for people like what what do you what exactly do you mean by that? Can you can you go a little bit more? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. mean that to be like me talking trash on anything. It's just you know my my background, my internships, my education was always done in like a semi private or one on one setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of view semi private as like the way the the perfect combination because it's it's like if personal training one on one personal training and then group fitness you know groups of ten fifteen twenty people all doing the same thing had a baby and they, or got married and then had a very efficient baby. 
Um, so the way we do things is it's very small groups. It's groups of three to four people with one coach, but everyone in that group is on their own individualized program. Okay. So, you know, you, you and I could be training at the same time. Our programs might be similar. We're built kind of the same. I'm sure we have somewhat similar goals, but we could also be training at the same time as a 72 year old grandmother who can't bend over without hurting her back and just really wants to be able to pick up her grandkids. And at the same time as a 15 year old, you know, lacrosse player at bowls who needs to put on 20 pounds to have any shot at playing D2 lacrosse. And because of that individualized aspect, none of their programs are going to impact each other or detract. You know, if, if we were all doing the same program, if we're all doing the same workout, there's going to be stuff in it that's not going to work for one person, stuff in it that's going to actively harm another person, and stuff that's not going to challenge the other person to actually improve. So with the semi-private, we get you get all the individualized attention of a one-on-one trainer, but that also, at the same time, that awesome community of a class. Because like people, you know, people joke around, people mm-hmm. get to know each other, people you know, rag on the coach. They all have inside jokes, you know, special <laughs> high five. So it's, it's very, it's like an individualized community. Like everyone's there for their own personal reasons, but everyone else, regardless of their goals, regardless of the outcomes they want, are there, are supportive and are making a nice fun environment. Yeah. For like you almost, in. cause I mean that like camaraderie, like group, you know, lo- almost like locker room environment is extremely contagious, man. Oh, sure. So I think like being able to provide that, but still kind of give that like individualized aspect is uh, it's really awesome. Yeah. My, my favorite thing is like seeing people who like didn't know each other three months ago, like fist bumping it yeah. after sets, you know, having inside jokes. It's just, it's, you're not going to do something and especially something as intimidating or difficult as like changing your body. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do it alone. I mean, you can do it alone. People have done it alone, but it's not going to be fun. And you're not going to do it if it's not fun. It's going to be hard to commit to if you're miserable you feel like you're going to a lifeless clinic where it's just someone poking and prodding (laughs) you all the day all day you know and then just one person staring at you telling you everything so having that fun conversational supportive aspect i you know it's it's not you can't program for it you can't put it on a piece of paper but i think that that is what actually generates most results i like that man um and so are are people going through kind of like a four-week block eight-week block or kind of varies so it's going to vary person to person um we do monthly membership so it's you do three or we do three month contracts 12 month contracts and then after that it's just month to month um but we don't honestly like i'm kind of a bad business owner in that sense that if someone's like hey i, I gotta cancel this happens like okay no problem um but i i tend to view it when i write the initial program in a 16 week okay phase that's obviously going to change multiple times throughout it depend on what happens um so i write the programs with the ideal that i don't like changing programs just for the sake of changing programs Obviously, that's a very, if you follow training on social media and you follow, you know, training from like men's health, you think that's, a, that's just something you have to do every four weeks. You have to change everything. <laughs> yeah. But if something, use the muscle. Yeah. But if something's working or just change it to, you know, like, okay, I did back squats for four weeks. Now I have to do front squats. It's like, why? Why? Yeah. You were, you were progressing on the back squats. Look at how much, you look at how much weight you've added. Look at how much stronger you feel right now. Look at how much your posture has improved. Why are we going to change just for the sake of change other than you think you have to from some outside social pressure or you want some novelty, which can be accounted for without making be a, a wholesale skeptic. change. Be yeah, a skeptic, exactly. right? Yeah. Okay. And so like, um, are the majority of people kind of, you know, sticking with like the main, do you have like certain main exercises that, you know, are repeatable in a lot of people's programs? I mean, obviously, you know, there's gonna be a lot of pressing. There's gonna be a lot yeah. of pulling. There's gonna be decent amount of squatting, decent amount of, you know, any type of hinge based movement. I'm kind of, I'm not, um, what's, what's like your top three, uh, favorite movements. Me personally, yeah, or towards a program. Or um, how about, how about both? Cause I mean, personally for me, I, I have like top three that I, I usually like for myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, just curious. Um, I don't know, honestly, it's like, especially if you've been doing this for so long, you kind of have a weird relationship with 
movement selection for yourself. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very much viewed from the eye, especially right now at this point in my life, it's viewed through the lens of, is this the most efficient choice that I can make to get where I want to be in the most timely manner? Um, I, lately I've been enjoying much more cable, um, machine movements than I have in the past, mostly because I bought a cable machine during oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the pandemic probably, but I've been, um, I've been looking forward to doing like cable chest presses and things like that, especially cool. with a slight incline. Um, I always like upper back work and shoulder work just mainly because that is my main weakness. Yeah. You know, I'm very slightly built dude. I have very narrow shoulders. So I actually enjoy feeling like I can generate power and size from that part of my body. Which What's your was, favorite shoulder, shoulder exercise? Um, I like a neutral grip dumbbell press, but with from like a 70 degree angle with the bench as opposed to the upright 90 degree. Okay. Yeah. And it's then I, kind of like a little bit of an incline. Yeah. And then yeah. this one might, if you, um, if you're, again, if you follow social media, this one might, um, get me in trouble, but I actually really enjoy, um, a cable upright row with a longer handle. So you can actually get yeah. that retraction of the scapula. Um, just cause I, you know, and this, again, people think like they have to do certain movements. Like you think if you want to get, there's no have to, you know, yeah. you do whatever makes you happy, whatever feels good. Honestly. Honestly, and yeah. especially for like we were just talking about, everybody has different builds. So mm -hmm. everyone's the physics behind every movement choice for each individual person is going to be different for sure. I feel my, my medial delts a lot in an upright cable row. Um, a lot of people would hurt their neck, but the way I'm built, it just hits it the exact way I want to hit it. Nice. Um, you know, and that might not be the case for a lot of people, but with that individualization for myself personally, it works. Yeah. And again, if you, if you follow some other people on social media, they might say an upright row causes impingement, but yeah, yeah. There's realistically, been... does it? Yeah. <laughs> Depends on, I mean, I guess it, everything's so weird in the gym, man. Cause people want to, they want to make rules so much. It's like, don't ever do a lat pull down behind your head. It's like, okay. Yeah. If you're a 50 year old dude who's worked at a desk for 30 years and can't lift your, you know, arm past 65 degrees you probably shouldn't yeah if you're a 16 year old kid who has full range of motion can do there's it no without reason, yeah, pain and there's can no get, reason why you yeah, can't there's, there's no there's no pre there's nothing you have to do there's nothing you shouldn't do it's all comes down to that um individual basis and the, the metaphor that i like a lot for this is you know when a plane takes off a pilot is given like a very strict route to follow like they're mm -hmm. not up in there because they know how to get using the clouds to get you know like smoke signals from from boston to la they're following a very specific engineered route and there's the route is so specifically engineered that if they veer off course like if you take off in boston aiming to go to tijuana but you set off at that like a one degree different angle right when you take off you'll probably end up in vancouver as opposed to tijuana so those individual choices are really what dictates that path not, mm -hmm. not only where you end up with the path you're taking yeah for sure and that's something kind of like I realized too, it's like, especially like, um, when I was like a new grad PT, like everything they teach you in school is like, all right, it's very black and white, right? It's, very, yeah. it's either a or B. Whereas in reality you get out and you see, you know, with everybody, how everyone's built a little bit differently. Everyone comes from a little bit background. It's never black and white. It's a very gray scale. And you kind of have to realize, Hey, there's like multiple with kind of what you said, right? There's multiple different routes that, um, somebody can take in order to kind of reach their goal and stuff. And so, yeah, it's pretty, I just yeah I don't know whenever I see like black and white statements on social media I'm just like Ugh, yeah it's, it's weird because it's like you know you're a business owner so like you have to know like copywriting you have to know how to write a headline because our job is to as a business owner is to like to garner attention we're not mm -hmm. seeking attention we're garnering our attention because we know we can bring people value eventually yeah you know, we know that what we do is valuable but we need to get your eyes on us as quickly as possible. And a lot of people do that by making these black and Click, white statements. Clickbait. Uh, clickbait. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. It's like, cause clickbait was like a joke when we were in college, like when it was Buzzfeed, like it was so yeah. blatantly obvious, but they did so blatantly obvious for so long that it's just become like the rule. Mm -hmm. And so now people feel like they have to 
put out black and white content that leaves out that entire nuance. And the nuance is where your personal results are going to come from if you're reading the clickbait. So it's, it's very, it's, it's great because it gives us a lot of stuff to talk about, you know, to actually give people the knowledge that they need to create a path so that they can actually improve themselves and also take away that stress of like, especially with nutrition, with the black and white statements, you know, people like whatever's trendy this week, you know, don't ever eat an egg and have milk at the same meal or whatever, (laughs) what, you know, it it changes week to week, whatever it is. But then people, when they do that, they feel guilty about it. And it actually causes psychological stress because they think they're breaking a rule that was never a rule in the first place. It was just something that they were told by somebody of influence. Yeah. Somebody in uh, men's health magazine. Yeah. Men's health or, you know, selling a LuLaRoe pants or whatever. <laughs> and so like, yeah, I mean like what are some, some of these common things that like, um, you know, clients may come up come to you. Hey Pat, I heard this, uh, X, Y, Z. What, what are your thoughts on it? What are some like more of the common, like maybe misconceptions that, um, people have come up to you in the gym? Well, so the funny one that has been going on basically like since we opened, cause obviously, you know, diets, the popularity of diets is very cyclical. You know, you look at the keto diet was 40 years old and they said it was effective for, um, people who are having seizures. I forget the, mm-hmm. the clinical diagnosis, diagnosis, but like, like epilepsy or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Epileptic seizures. Um, and then it, you know, it went out in the sixties or seventies into the weight loss community and you can actually see old advertisements for like bacon and butter diet, you know, at things like that. Um, so nothing, nothing's new, but when things become popular now, obviously it's amplified because it used to be magazines, TV, you could turn that stuff off and go for a walk in the woods. Mm-hmm. Now it's your computer, your phone, your watch, you know, your, your podcast as you're listening to it, your Spotify, you get ads. It's, it's, it's everywhere in your life. So something can become ubiquitous much quicker and much more effect effectively than in the past. And I don't know how the keto diet became that, but we've had a, a spell for like, honestly, since we've opened, people think that if they want to lose weight, especially females, that they have to do the keto diet, mm. that carbs are making them fat and they need to, you know, go through this. Pro- and the worst part of it is that the keto diet right now has nothing to do with ketosis. It has nothing to do with actually converting your blood fuel from glucose to ketones. It's just don't eat carbs, eat fat. And you don't, will that, if you do that and it, and maintain a caloric deficit, will you lose weight? Yeah, you will. But could you also get to that same spot without going through some crazy diet? Much easier. So it's a thing, like I said earlier, that people think is a rule that's not a rule that causes them stress and that Mm -hmm. stress is probably more damaging than breaking that supposed rule in their head for sure no i absolutely agree and a lot of times it's just like these you know fads and diets that come in they're just honestly not too sustainable yeah um, for like long-term stuff too and so like i mean like what what do you kind of come up with then for your clients um to kind of provide them with a little bit more kind of like a sustainable approach to you know i guess like healthy nutrition then so it's it's diff with nutrition coaching it's gonna be different for every client um just yeah. because food is food and nutrition is such a complicated subject i mean like we would like to as practitioners we'd like to be like no it's just fuel eat this this and this it's not like that at all it, there's a social component there's an emotional component yeah. you know it's you've, you've had a bad day you want a brownie you've had a good day you want to celebrate with a brownie and people have these patterns in their life they're not good or bad they're just patterns and food is not good or bad it's just it's just food it's just a it's a, just a thing in our life that we have a complicated relationship with because of rules that we think we need to impose on ourselves so nutrition coaching has there's a uh, there's many ways to skin the cat to use you know the old analogy um but we we focus more on like the educational side of it yeah so when we ask someone to do something we're going to tell them exactly why we're going to tell them exactly what is contained in 
what we're doing. So we provide everyone with a 30 page, like 22 page, maybe something like that, uh, personalized um, PDF. So I'm precision, precision nutrition certified. Nice. Um, so I work up for every single client. A, they tell me, you know, their goals, their dietary restrictions, a couple different basic questions like that. We work up a, it's, you know, it's somewhere between rudimentary and very complicated. It's right in that, that nice middle ground. So it's easy to digest pun intended. Um, <laughs> it's, it's easy to understand. It's easy to digest and it's not, doesn't feel like you need someone with a PhD to translate it for you. Yeah. Um, so that will include like all their, you know, all the macro breakdowns and stuff. And then if that is not something, and that's not going to work. Tracking macros is great for a lot of people. It's also terrible for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something you have to do. It's something that I, I would encourage everybody to do it, even if it sucks, just because through the process of tracking your food, and we don't even ask everybody to track all the macros. All I care about is the calories and protein. Okay. You know, if you, if you hit those, the two numbers that we've calculated that will get you where you want to go, you're going to get where you want to go. And it's going to be, there's going to be a little give and take. Cause you're going to have that like two, three week experimental period. Like, Oh, can I eat this and fit? Oh no, I went over. Can I eat this and fit? Oh wow. I'm way under. But that again is the educational aspect because you're learned, you're actively learning something that will change your body we also do you know like meal plans for people who need yeah. that we provide so many recipe guides to people um you cooking these yourself for them? um I'm, I'm pretty spartan chef, when it comes to chef food pat. not gonna lie yeah you know I, I would definitely not be chef pat let's put it that <laughs> way um but it, it's different for every every single person based on their life their lifestyle where they want to go yeah. and honestly how much discomfort they can put up with on a daily basis in terms of completely you know, if you have someone who's eating three McDonald's meals per day, you're starting from scratch. So we're going to make very small goals over time until you hit all those goals. And then the change is going to come eventually. You know, if it's like a, so like one of my best clients ever, um, Travis was a D one rower, mm-hmm. just did everything I said to a T, you know, I could tell him, okay, you eat this week, you know, we need to gain weight this month. You're eating 4,200 calories. He would do it and like do it to a T hit every number perfectly, but he's a very dialed in athlete. That's mm-hmm. his life. Not everyone's like that. So it's, it's, it's finding that individualized mode of communication and coaching that will work for that person and that that will then work for them even once they're done working with us. Because our, our whole goal is I want to always train. I want Jack's Fit wants to train ourselves out of a job. We want to give you every tool that you need to make this something that's not scary, Love make this that. something that you don't need to rely on anybody for. We want to We want to give it all away. We want you to absorb it. And if you want to stay forever, we're not going to kick you out. We obviously want you to – we want – people to be there but we want to make you as self-sufficient and as confident as as and independent as possible yeah no i love that man um i think like a lot of times when you know people are presented with like a nutrition plan that's like just like a complete 180 maybe even kind of just get discouraged after like one or two weeks where it's like ah shit like there's no way i'm going to be able to kind of complete it where and i love that hey let's give you maybe like one or two small steps at a time let's Mm -hmm. you know feed feed it just a little bit and kind of see how you improve from there and then eventually you know again like lifestyle changes takes a very long time, right? It's like, you're not going to see immediate changes overnight. And that's what I think people like, we just live in the age of like instant gratification. Right. And right now, right now, yeah, it's like, we have to kind of get people to understand like, Hey, no, like this is kind of like a long-term approach. And well, I mean, and think about how long, like whatever your bad nutrition habit is, think about how long that took to become a habit. You know, at first it was an exception and then it became the rule and now it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Your good habits are going to be like that. If you're if you're focused, it's going to take less time than that bad habit took to develop, but that bad habit is psychologically and physically ingrained in you. So we are actively fighting against your evolution. We're actively fighting against what every ounce of your being is like has become to rely has come to rely on. So mm-hmm. it, it takes it it takes time and it definitely takes focus, deliberate work, but 
we can make it as frictionless as possible. Yeah. You know, it's like when you want to develop a good habit, you need to re- remove as much friction as possible. Whereas if we're trying to get rid of a bad habit, we want to put as much friction between ourselves and the bad habit as possible. So some, that's where it's like, I eat donuts every night. It's okay. Well then don't put fucking donuts in your closet. It's, it's that <laughs> yeah. simple. You, you will not want to have to drive to Krispy Kreme at 10 o'clock at night to get donuts. You'll be pissed. You'll hate me, but you won't eat the donuts. Mm-hmm. And we do that for a week or two. You're going to be pissed. You're going to hate me, but guess what? That craving's probably going to go away. Yeah. Whereas if we want, you know, it's like, oh, I'm having a hard time eating vegetables. It's like, okay, well then prep them the night before and just microwave them. You do know, you, that's friction and non-friction. Do you feel like, um, because like, I feel like there's to a certain extent, there's like some emotional ties, uh, with food as well. So say for example, like somebody has like, I don't know, like a very, very positive experience in the past with like donuts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's maybe kind of why they, you know, um, trying to eat donuts every single time to kind of relive that maybe like positive um experience or memory that they have so maybe with some like i don't know like vegetables like have you ever tried like i don't know creating like a super happy scenario where they eat a vegetable and that happy memory is evoked every single time they eat that happy vegetable um i don't know if that makes sense or no not. i know exactly what you're saying i i i would feel like that was above my pay grade you know it's <laughs> like it's you know obviously you know my personal history with exercise and fitness i I know what has, I know the changes it has made in me from, you know, complete opposite of where I am now to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I encourage people to do the deeper work that it takes, but yeah. I, certain sets, certain scenarios, I definitely am not qualified enough to be that. Um, but yeah, we, we, we try. Yeah, no, I we try without reason, overstepping our bounds, yeah. I guess I would say. Because the reason why I was thinking about it, because like, especially for me, like there's just certain foods that like evoke like memories of like the things that like my grandma would use yeah. to make, right? And so like every single time I like have something like that, uh, you know, just, you know, it reminds me of my grandma, yeah. something like that. So I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't really know too much um, about nutrition either, but it's just something that, hey, you know, if there's a certain memory associated with it, like maybe we can do something to kind of manipulate it in like a good way. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's where a lot of that, like food as a coping mechanism comes from too, is people, it's like, you've had such a bad day. There's been no happiness in your life. And the front chemicals, like you, you're low on dopamine. This food's going to give you dopamine. It's going to act as that drug. That's going to stabilize your mood or at least give you a momentary release from whatever stress is causing. So I, I do think that's a, that's a big thing. Uh, but again, I think that is not everyone wants to do that work. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to, you know, they want to be given the practical tools to put between themselves and the donut, but they're not, they don't necessarily want to dive deep into why that's such a psychologically weeds, important. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I hear that. Um, cool, man. Well, that's totally relatable, you know? Yeah. That's a cool, cool little tangent on nutrition. Um, yeah. Nutrition is such a hot topic in, in the fitness community right now. So yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because it's, it's common. It's, it's, it's a commodity now. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not like a lifestyle thing. It's a commodity. It's, it's, you see, I, you see this so often. And the thing that annoys me the most about just the world in general is I would, people's Instagram bios will be the example. All it is, is people trying to put labels on themselves to create an identity for themselves. And I personally don't think that's how humans work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, you can list your profession, what your eye colors are, where you went to college, but that's not you. Yeah. That's just kind of like certain things about you certain things that you've experienced and i think that diet really becomes that i think that people are so starved for and you see and this goes back to the facebook political arguments people are so starved for i guess meaning in their life or they're so starved for something to one stand for and then something to stand against 
that people grasp onto the dumbest stuff. Like mm -hmm. you see people who like, I mean, vegans are obviously the easy example because they're the loudest. And in my life, they've been the loudest. But it's just it's like, okay, you, you choose to eat a certain way and now like you have to be like everybody else who eats that way. It's like, that's just weird. It's weird and it kind of, it kind of makes me sad, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, okay, let's, if you want to be vegan for whatever reason and that's working for you, that's awesome. Go for it. But if Jim over here wants to only eat meat and eggs and that works for him, why, why do you care? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it, this, this, this weird argument of falsified identities that don't really make people happy or mm -hmm. get us anywhere from a conversational standpoint. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you kind of take that and, you know, put religion in there instead of like diets it becomes wildly understandable right right like you would never see like people like hey all right, i'm catholic you must be catholic as well yeah too, it, right? exactly i mean maybe it's back like, in like yeah, the 1300s back, yeah. <laughs> when, when, but when yeah, we're no, trying to colonize everyone it is, and know, again it's, make, it's, make, make you th think the same way it's as like everybody like no one has that thing anymore you know mm -hmm. it's like we're we're no i'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing but we're clearly in a transition period as a species where people are just using wacky things to define themselves and turning their diet into their religion. And that's where you see that zealotry that, I mean, the keto, the keto people have come after me like multiple times. People I don't even know, like just like these really like insane, like mean comments. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not anti-vegan at all. I just don't want people to waste their time, money and effort, you know, cause most people who we're trying to help people who don't know what to do. And mm -hmm. we need to help people by providing them an ethical solution, the, an ethical solution in that we're not lying to them. And we're not trying to take their money for a bullshit product. We're trying to give them the actual solution. And especially with stuff like fitness and nutrition, it's science-based. Mm -hmm. There's actual answers. Yeah, there's it's actual not, there's, not, there's not one answer yeah. or two answers, but there's actual nuanced answers for nuanced situations that we can then go in, experiment with, and come up with a viable solution. Yeah. And I think that the the whole zealotry of everything, you know, people argue over everything now, man. You're going to see like CrossFit people arguing with bodybuilders and, yeah. you know, Olympic lifters arguing with with uh, um, body weight or what's it called when people do like lots of pull? What's the um, when they do lots of what? When they, do, they only do body weight workout. What, what do they call? Oh, themselves? calisthenics. Calisthenics people. Yeah. It's like everyone's just arguing over like stupid things that are designed to make your life better, not define your life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for the average consumer, the average person trying to enact some change in their life, it's very very harmful. For sure. No. Yeah. Yeah, why can't we all just love each other, man? Like fitness, fitness is good for everybody, but it doesn't have to be one route, right? Like there's multiple different routes people can take. Right? Well, and but also it's like, like if you're if you're, let's say for instance you're a bodybuilder, I'm an Olympic lifter. We can learn a lot from each other. For sure. Yeah. If we just do, if we just stop arguing, there's so many things that an Olympic lifter could learn, whether it be you know certain techniques to get the bar off the ground or accessory work, especially from a bodybuilder. And there's so many things that a bodybuilder can learn from an Olympic lifter if they yeah. just. Take the time don't make it their identity yeah. yeah exactly yeah yeah so let's let's talk a little bit about you know different fitness modalities mm -hmm. then right like um we just kind of touched a little bit about some of the stuff y'all do from a nutrition standpoint over at jack's fit so like um from like a fitness programming um aspect you know what are some of the types of um i guess programming that you're doing for your clients right and so obviously everything is kind of individualized but mm -hmm. are you guys kind of doing mostly like strength work um maybe like calisthenics um is it like barbell work is it hit stuff like what, well, what so kind it, of stuff it's funny that we're transitioning from what we just said to this because i've always viewed myself as like kind of a man without a country when it comes to fitness beliefs man you, you turn know. your back on what, bulgaria oh, i love bulgaria okay this is my homeland <laughs> yeah. um but um you know, I've always, I was, I was fortunate enough that when I decided I wanted to be 
in the fitness industry, I had a very, very high level person who took me under his wing. Yeah. Um, so I got to see a lot of stuff at a very young age that awesome. most people did not get to see. And I've kind of, you know, as you're, as just like with anything, as you're getting older, like you define yourself, then you're like, oh, that was wrong. I try something else. Um, but I've always viewed our, my job as, as a, as a coach is to see a, when I see a client there, you know, they're, they have all these puzzle pieces. They're not together. My job is to know enough from everything to be able to actually put the puzzle pieces together for them. So for some people, that's going to be a lot of strength work. Mm-hmm. For some people, that's going to be a lot of um, calisthenics work. For other people, that's going to be like bodybuilding style programs. But I've I've purposely put myself in situations constantly as a professional where I'm the dumbest person in the room because I want to learn, because I want to learn from everybody. And I think that everybody would benefit from doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. But at the same time, some people need an unbalanced approach towards one discipline, one dogma. And so we don't really have a fitness philosophy other than we know a whole bunch of shit that we can put together to yeah. make a, pers- a perfect program for you. I like that. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's something that, that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's as, as a coach, it, it keeps you alive too. You know, like there's so much to learn and I want to learn all of it. Mm-hmm. For sure. What, what, uh, what type of fitness modality do you like doing for yourself? Um, honestly, lately I've been, so my focus has gone um, you know, obviously, I'm like what, what, what background did you kind of grow up um, doing? Like mostly definitely athletic training. Athletic training. Okay, athletic yeah. training. Yeah. So I played um, I played high level soccer my first job. So I got kicked out of two colleges. Um, so I actually never finished college. So my first job was as a soccer coach. So it was always kind of performance based. Yeah. And luckily that at the time that I was doing this was right when um, Mike Boyle was blowing up. Right when Eric Cressy was blowing up. So yep. it was like kind of like the perfect storm for me to learn. Did you um, did you uh, study with Cressy up in uh, Boston? No, I did not. I actually did. Um, so I did my FMS level one certification at um, Boyle's place in Boston way back in the day. Okay. Um, don't use FMS at all anymore. The, the Dow's <laughs> yeah. great, but I mean, it was like okay, yeah, well, cool. Um, very, it's great for hockey players, and that's it. Um, and Ben Bruno actually taught that class. Like ah, cool. way back yeah. this, is, this is like 2010 i guess um was he was he like a celeb trainer no he was, he was just a, he was just a trainer just at, an average at, at boys. i've read i remember i read um i think he was he was probably <clears throat> so when i first started training in like 20 2008 2009 2010 whenever it was um it was you know there wasn't a lot of stuff to read and then tony gentlecore came out with a blog and ben bruno started blogging they would put out really great educational stuff mm-hmm. again both one from mike boyle one from cressy and obviously you see cressy kind of like is he crushes the baseball if, world man when it's and he's right. like if if you had to name the president of personal training he'd probably be your first choice like he's just so good at what he does and what they what they do specifically but then also what they do for gen pop people is just right on the money um but i definitely came from that athletic specific background and then when i transitioned to general pop people you can kind of do the same style programming obviously different different aspects of it for um you know regular folks for moms and dads and get great results so mm-hmm. that was definitely where my base was built nice man yeah a lot of i feel like a lot of um like just like overall sports performance stuff gets a good mix of both like hey you'll see some like power development from mm-hmm. like you know some modified maybe olympic lifts and then you also have some just like specific like um accessory bodybuilding stuff yeah. um for certain tissue areas um again depending on your sport so i feel like yeah that really um gives you kind of good blend from multiple different worlds yeah and it's, it's um, funny because it is it is a very broad base too like when you say sports performance that could mean anything but like kind of like that specific boston school of early 2000s sports performance, I guess I would say, which really to most people would just look like regular training. Now, yeah. You know, Boston. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, 
being so you mentioned you're a uh, soccer uh, strength and conditioning coach for um, St. Joe's, Joe's Prep in Saint Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Philly. Pennsylvania. Man, so it's all, all virtual. Um, that's awesome. Like how what does uh, that kind of look like? Um, so off season and in season are obviously very different. Yeah. Um, so it is. Uh, St. Joe's Prep is where I went to. It's a place that means a lot to me. Um, so this is a place. So this is a place you didn't didn't get kicked out. This was yeah. This is my high school. Okay. So this is a place I did not get kicked out of. This is a place I actually did quite well. So oh, yeah. I had a really hard time family wise and personally in high school. Uh-huh. And so this my this is where I went. It's a small um, Jesuit school. It's a Catholic school. Only about two hundred and forty kids in each class. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that it's a very tight knit community that gets yeah. developed. It's very academically rigorous as well. So like the last two mayors of Philadelphia are graduates from the prep, like oh, no, awesome. no dummies allowed. You're challenged yeah. in every aspect every day. Um, so it became like a, a place that was like a place of refuge for me during the tough years in high school. And so it's always meant a lot to me. I've stayed in touch with a lot of the faculty members mm-hmm. um, who have, who were there. A lot of the priests who were there, I'm still good friends with, but so um, Joe, who's now the coach was actually, um, one of my teachers in a pre-eighth program to, that you had to do to get into the school. And my first interaction with him, he kicked me out of the class because I was wearing a Newcastle <laughs> United soccer jersey. Yeah. Not a Newcastle fan. My dad just bought me the shirt. Uh-huh. Um, so he kicked me out like kind of as a joke. This was obviously, I was 13, so this was might have even been 1999. Yeah. Um, and we've just been, he's an English teacher. He's the head of the English department at the school. So we've been, we've been pretty good friends the whole time. And he's a soccer nerd like myself. Uh-huh. And when Corona happened, they, so we actually, we were in touch. He, I was trying to help him coordinate who was going to be the person who did the strength and conditioning work in Philly. Cause obviously, you know, I still have a pretty big network there. Mm-hmm. Um, was trying to work with the guy that I actually came up under to get him to do the work for them. Um, and then Corona happened and he was like, do you just want to do it virtually? He's like, I see you doing all this zoom bullshit. I was like, <laughs> yeah, cool. Let's do it. Um, so he started doing it. It's, you know, in the off season, it's obviously it's like a hundred no, it's probably like 70 to 90 kids because obviously the teams aren't set yet no one's yeah. there's no cuts yet and that we knew we do three to four times a week it's the programming is it's more volume based than i would like because so many kids don't have weight so it's a lot mm-hmm. of things like okay we're going to do this for one minute we're going to do yeah. this for 45 seconds it's not programming wise it's not ideal but then at the same time i'm also always need to remind myself this is a lot of these kids first time in a gym environment actually with a directed strength program so mm-hmm. the kids just based on that fact are these kids are monsters man like i went up to my sister got married like three or four weeks ago yeah. and they were playing on a friday and i went to the game my first day i walked up they all came up it was awesome you know it was like these kids i've been working Good with for like yeah i've been working for a year and a half and it's like i've never actually like shook your hand yeah. you know which That's is awesome man you know i'm, I'm a handshaker I'm, a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an in-person guy um so it was awesome but then i was like holy shit, you kids are much taller than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're all like six foot, six one. I'm like, damn, you guys are a big team. This is awesome. Um, But they're just, they turned into just monsters. I mean, they manhandle kids on the field. And obviously, you know, I'm a soccer player, so I know the things that, and obviously training, sports-specific training, I don't believe exists. But there's also stupid things you can do as a certain athlete and stupid things you can do as another athlete. So the goal is to be super strong, but also be able to move the way that a soccer, basically have the hips move away a soccer player needs to move. You know, both keeping in mind that the striker who runs in a straight line or an arc is having the same program as the defensive midfielder who is like a ping pong ball all over the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very it's it's incredibly rewarding. I honestly never thought that I would branch out into high school athletics just because it's so much of what I did when I first entered the industry, but I'm, um, when we expand the gym to a bigger place, a high school soccer specific program will definitely be coached by me. Cause it's, you know, I love the sport. I love yeah. the kids who play it and it's, you know, it's, it's very rewarding. 
Dude, that's awesome, man. How are you? Uh, how do you connect with these kids, man? Because I know like a lot of these kids these days, they're Gen Z now, and you know they think like us as millennials are like yeah, super it's, old. And, it's like, weird the first cool, time someone you know? calls you sir, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's that's actually been like the easiest part, yeah. and I think that has to do with the school being so academically rigorous. Like there is like a certain type of kid who goes there. Uh-huh. Obviously, there are the shitheads, but most of the kids are really engaged and me not being on the faculty there, me not me being just an alumni who went off, built something on his own, mm-hmm. and then now is involved with the school again. They, I definitely think that there's that mystery factor where they actually kind of like take what I say seriously. Yeah. And not being part of the faculty there, not being one of the one of the teachers there, I can just call them out on their bullshit as, as it's <laughs> happening. Hell yeah. Um, but also at the same time, you know, like I will never call somebody on their bullshit without, with the intention of them just feeling bad about them feeling bad about an adult or high school kid you know it's there's always a deeper sounds douchey but there's always like a deeper lesson for the reason that i'm calling kids out you Mm -hmm. know and they definitely picked up on that really quickly i like that so it's a lot of the kids like i you know a lot of the kids i gotten pretty tight with a lot of kids will like text me ask for like book recommendations things like that and again i think it's just because you know they're a weird generation they're very it's like very fleeting attention wise like there's just whole like tiktoks like what like 10 seconds of just like some button Mm -hmm. in your face and then it's gone um, but I think that there is that deep desire to actually kind of like break away and define themselves a little more, which especially in an all boys Catholic school is definitely very, very much um, pushed, not pushed. That's, that's the wrong word, but imbued upon them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 been at first I was definitely a little nervous about it, but it's definitely been a cool experience. Yeah, I feel like you're just put in such a really such a cool, unique position um, just to be able to kind of influence them and just like be able to teach a lot of like almost like life lessons um in like a uh in like a class um sorry not class um athletic setting yeah it's it's cool because so we didn't touch on this but my background is a little different than most people like after i got i got addicted to oxycontin in high school Mm -hmm. that's why i got kicked out of so many colleges ended up going to rehab at 23 got clean you know kind of was like okay if i want to live i can't do any drugs at all so i've been sober since 23 but those five years and six years in between were pretty bad and pretty you know, like not where you want these kids to end up. Yeah. Um, so I always come from that background knowing full well that, you know, like addiction's a real thing and like drugs are, you know, I'm not like anti-drugger, like one of those like, you know, teetotaler, you know, clutching my pearls or anything, but I know full well the power of coping with addictive substances mm-hmm. and overcoming that and the path that I took to overcome it. And also obviously, you know, that ties into what I do now um, obviously, we're talking about self-improvement. Obviously, this has been a big, big, big part of that physical, you know, self-improvement has been a big part of me ending up on a completely different path than mm-hmm. where I was um, a decade ago. But knowing full well that a lot of these kids are in similar situations that I was in high school and giving them the things that I did not have other than from a few, you know, teachers, coaches and priests from someone who's outside, um, that's been the most rewarding and that has been probably where that bond with a lot of the kids that I'm pretty tight with has happened. And it's something that means a lot to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah. Um, I, sometimes I feel like I talk about it too much, so I don't, you know, really, I, yeah. I, I didn't know, I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely being able to kind of overcome that obstacle, it again, just puts you again in a really like cool, unique position to be able to, again, relate to these kids and kind of yeah. show them, Hey, like, you don't, you know, go down a certain path. Like this is the alternative. Yeah. And just, you know, it's, it's all about like a certain way of being. And, you know, if you can direct them towards not like in like a dogmatic, like everybody has to be this certain way, but if you can direct them towards the things that they need to develop into 
whatever type of man they want to be mm-hmm. that doesn't require some negative shit. It's very, very rewarding. And, you know, they, they're very appreciative of it if they're a kid who's, like, going through a tough thing. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Man, that was deep. Um, what is – I'm kind of interested. Um, what does programming look like um, off-season versus in-season? Um, I'm assuming, again, this is just from um, my assumptions from, like, a outside lens, but the majority of strength um, and plyometric gains, I guess, um, is that the correct term, um, would probably be made in the – off season and then in season because they're playing I don't know like two or three games a week it's is it mostly kind of just like maintenance stuff yeah that's exactly okay. it um so the off season will hit it hard it'll be much more <clears throat> intense in terms of um resistance and volume and then in season is mostly just making sure the kids aren't going to get hurt from an impact injury making sure they're recovering well if it's a game with if it's a week with one game we'll tend to do one like abbreviated strength session so like 30 to 40 minutes a mm-hmm. little bit slower pace a little bit you know you know, less sets, less reps, but still very focused on this is actually like a training session. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll do a lot of recovery sessions during which, you know, I kind of do like as like movement based sessions, you know, nothing too, nothing too groundbreaking. Yeah. Like, let's just get you moving. Let's get, ev- let's get everything flowing. Let's most importantly, just get you breathing properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are again, short as well, but during the off season, it's like three to four times per week, depending on the week, depending on how close we are to the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you pretty much nailed it in the cool. question. Have you heard of a uh, FIFA 11? The game? Uh, no, it's a uh, FIFA 11. I think it's FIFA 11 plus. Um, it's spelled exactly the same as the game, yeah. but it's basically oh, so are we talking about the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's actually really cool. So um, I think this is back in 2017 or 2018. But mm-hmm. uh, FIFA 11 is basically like a 20 about like a 20 minute uh, dynamic warm up um, that they take like soccer players through, um, and they see that uh, like soccer players and teams who implement this like three or four times a week um, have like things like 50 or 60 percent less risk of uh some sort of like acl injury yeah. um than players who didn't but it's pretty cool i, I wasn't sure if you were aware of it um look it up i'll actually send yeah, it to I definitely, you I definitely um, will. but it's basically it's super simple to implement it's um just like a lot of like single leg plyometric stuff um mm-hmm. and then um just some basic like um single leg strength stuff yeah. that uh, players implement as like a warm-up prior to whatever their practice is yeah it's probably not too dissimilar from what we're currently doing, doing now yeah. but yeah no i didn't i was not it's pretty aware cool yeah so it's actually yeah. yeah they've done like studies on it and stuff but um yeah i'll send you it um yeah, please do cool man well what's uh what's next for jack's fit expansion expansion, expansion. empire building empire um, empire jack's fit yeah so i mean we're we, we're in the situation where we've definitely outgrown our building yeah um we will be expanding in a year once our lease is up we'll be staying very close to where we are now but um i mean the, right now we do one thing we do semi-private with a little bit of one-on-one we do mm-hmm. we do one thing and we do it very well. Obviously, I would like to branch out into more larger group training, like ten to twelve people at the same time, with a very purposefully programmed program that they're following. You know, mm-hmm. not just something like where they're just jumping around to sweat and get tired. Something that will actually bring improvement to people, both so that our current clients can use as a supplemental workout on their off days, and then also we can have a whole new stream of people coming in. Um, so that's definitely where we will be headed as opposed to just, just the semi-private. We'll be definitely be having more of like a class atmosphere once we expand into a space that can handle both. Mm-hmm. But we're in, you know, we're in a fortunate situation where, you know, we're a 30, 2,800, 2,900 square foot space and we don't have room to do, we have too many clients. So we don't, we have, don't have room to do anything, which is a very privileged position to be in. But obviously, you know, you, the goal is to help more people. So obviously for sure we need more space. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. I, yeah. I lo- love seeing all your growth, man. So definitely excited to see, um, 
all the all the stuff is to come in the next couple of years man uh, yeah, so, i appreciate yeah. it man thanks for having me yeah absolutely so again yeah thank you for coming on i know you're uh, super busy so definitely appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on this podcast um before we uh let you go pat where can people get in touch with you man uh so if you find me on facebook it's patrick hennigan if you, you go by do you go by patrick or pat I don't. I go by either. The thing is, my dad is Pat Hennigan on Facebook, so we have a okay. lot of issues with like clients <laughs> friending my dad and yeah. like, dude, what all you post about is the Irish soccer. I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, but that's my dad doing it too. Um, on Instagram, it's Jack's Fit Academy, and the website is jacksfitacademy.com. The website we actually I publish like three blogs a week. So if you're someone oh, yeah, who's man. like looking for actual tools that we improve the blog, the website and the blog is actually a great place to start. And on YouTube, it's Patrick Hennigan. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check them out, guys. Um, post a lot of really good stuff. Awesome, Pat. Well, thank you again for having or for popping on the show. Thanks for letting me be here, man. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. You can find us on Instagram at The Healthy Jacks Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and let us know if you have any topics or guests that you would like us to bring on to the show. Thank you again for tuning in and until next time, stay healthy and keep moving Jacksonville.